Today on episode number 741, we have one of my favorite people on the podcast, Elizabeth Benton. Not only is she a weight loss guru, but she is a mindset guru. We're going to talk about how podcasting affected her business and how it's helping her make seven figures. Now, if you're like, look, I'm not into the whole business money thing. You still want to listen to this episode. The mindset stuff is brilliant. And we've got a new fish in the pool. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, welcome aboard. This is why I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. You can use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And I'm super excited to have you here today. Wait till you hear my interview with Elizabeth Benton. It is so good. And if you're a person that struggles with the mental part of podcasting, you're really going to like that. But we did have a big, giant whale jump into the podcasting pool this week, and that is Amazon Music, not Amazon.com, and I know they build themselves as Amazon Music slash Audible, and at this point, Audible does not have any podcasting in it except those shows that they call podcasts, which technically are not podcasts because they're not delivered via an RSS feed, but we won't get into that discussion at this point, but it is in Amazon Music, and the last I heard it was the U.S., and the UK, and I'm sure there'll be more people coming. But a couple things that you should know about this. There are 55 million active users in Amazon Music. So if you're asking, hey, should I list my show there? I don't know. Do you want to get your show in front of 55 million people? That's the one I never get. As I record this, it's September, and we're coming up on Halloween and whether or not we're going to have Halloween here in the States because of COVID. But under normal circumstances, you don't have a kid that's like dressed up like Spider-Man and he's on, you know, Main Street and all these different houses have their lights on, which means they have candy. That kid does not look at the street and go, I don't know, I might go to this one and maybe that one and, and the one down there on the end. No, they go to every single house that has a light on. Why? Because they want more candy. Give me some candy. And yet there are podcasters who's like, how do I get more downloads? How do I get more downloads? And you go, I don't know, list your show on every single directory available. And they go, eh, should I just do Apple? No, do them all. So that's if right now, uh, if you go into Libsyn, it's super easy. Now, for the record, I work for Libsyn. Libsyn, by the way, is short for liberated syndication. And you can list your show in places like Apple, Google. Ghana is one that just came on board from India. And the last time I heard, have you ever heard of this? Apparently, there are a lot of people in India. Who knew? Yeah. And iHeartRadio, you may have heard of them because every time I turn on the radio, they're telling me to download the iHeartRadio uh, app. So list your show everywhere. And in many cases, this takes seconds, seconds to submit your show. Now, typically it takes somewhere between five to 10 days to be, business days, by the way, five to 10 business days to be approved, except for Spotify, which usually approves you somewhere between 24 and 48 hours. And I would highly recommend. Now, one last thing about Libsyn, 
if you are using Libsyn, then do not submit your show directly to Amazon and then turn around and add them in your Libsyn dashboard. You want to just list them in your Libsyn dashboard. You are still 100% in control of that. You'll just get better stats that way because if you list them in Libsyn and then go over and list them directly, you'll end up with your podcast listed twice. So don't do that. And if you're not on Libsyn, then just list your show directly. So what's exciting about this is this is Amazon. It's Amazon that is now getting into podcasting. And, you know, the best way to fill the pool is have multiple hoses pointed at that thing. So we've now got Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, and Amazon. That's awesome. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, now is the time to do it. Actually, the best time to start a podcast was back in 2004. Since then, the next best time to start a podcast is right now. Please. (laughs) let your voice be heard. Elizabeth Benton is an amazing person. I'm very glad I got to talk to her. Here is the power of podcasting. I do a podcast called the logical weight loss podcast where you get to listen to me lose weight. And then it turns out it was right there. So I find it and then I lose it and then I find it. And A lot of weight loss is in your head, and multiple people in my audience said, you have to read the book Chasing Cupcakes. So I went over, got the book for free by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash free book, I think is the link to Audible. Obviously, if you want to read it, it's on Amazon. And I loved the book, which led me to her podcast, and... I listened to Elizabeth's podcast, listened to a couple episodes, and I did exactly what I say people do. And that is I downloaded every single episode of her podcast. I really do like it. Her website is primalpotential.com. And so when I got to interview her, I already felt like I knew her because I had listened to hours and hours and hours of Elizabeth. And she was nice enough to come on and share what the podcast has done for her business. Now, if you're a person that's like, hey, Dave, I'm just I'm just into this for fun. We're going to talk about some things with mindset, and especially with handling negative feedback, which she's just brilliant at. This is a person that has just done so much, and she always comes up swinging. And when you listen to this interview, you will find out why. So, Without further ado, here is my interview with Elizabeth Benton. Uh, Elizabeth, thanks for coming on the School of Podcasting. I am so excited to talk about podcasting. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So thank you for having me. How long did you operate your business without a podcast? Not too long. So I, I decided to start a blog first. And I realized I didn't like reading a blog. I didn't like writing a blog. No one was reading my blog. I was impatient about that. But more than that, I, in my career, had been doing a lot of public speaking. And I just felt like I could express myself more fully in verbal communication than in written communication. And at that time, this is in 2014, I had never listened to a podcast in my life. I knew that they existed, but I, I had never listened to one. And so I just Googled how to start a podcast 
purely because I felt like I could communicate better that way. And uh, it, I'm just so grateful for that decision because I, I knew so little that I was able to make it happen. I think it, now so many people are like, oh my gosh, I need to hire a podcasting expert and I need to, you know, have all this fancy equipment. I didn't have any of that. I just Googled it and had it up and running in like two weeks. Well, that's because the, the people that are telling you, you need a podcast manager are podcast managers. It's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. What do you think? Was there a time when you're like, mm, you know what? I probably should do this, but you kind of like, mm, I'm not really sure. Was there any hesitation? No. And it was because I was so green and I was at zero anyway. So there was no downside. It was very much like, let's just try this and see what happens. And as with all things, it was a very, very slow start. But the difference was I really enjoyed it. I looked forward to hitting record. And I think that, you know, look, if you're listening and, and you don't love that, it gives you anxiety or you don't, you think you're better writing than you are speaking, then listen to that. But I just knew that I am able to communicate better verbally than in writing. And so it was just an easy decision. Cause I know a lot of my clients, they get hung up on, well, I'm, I'm worried about what other people are going to say. And you're diving into the, the nutrition, the diet, the health world, which, you're either, you know, it's almost like a religion. It's, it's keto, it's primal, it's, you know, caveman, it's grapefruit. It's the, and if you don't believe this, you're a fool. Did you not worry about people coming after you and going, what do you mean? Keto's no good or whatever. I have a perspective that I think serves me very well in that regard. If you see somebody disagreeing as a bad thing, like I better do my homework so nobody can poke holes in it. You're looking at it wrong from my perspective. The way I see it is I want to be challenged because in that I learn. So there's very little, if anything, that I present as like, this is the only truth. This is the way, the truth, the light. Like I know that there are so many perspectives. So sure, there's feedback that I don't agree with and there's feedback that I get to learn from. But I look at all of it as what is there in this for me? If you are going to be in the public eye at all, you are going to do yourself a huge favor by dismissing this notion that somebody disagreeing with you is in some way bad. It's not. Number one, somebody's listening. Hello, that's good. That's what we want. (laughs) Number two, you now have the opportunity to dialogue. If you feel really strongly, you can certainly make your case to that individual. What I prefer to do is, how can I learn from you? In what way are you right? Even if I don't ultimately agree, that is like communication skill number one. And it is a a real necessity in business. But if you're out there, there will always be somebody who disagrees. And that's great. I welcome disagreeing opinions and I welcome criticism because I'm either going to learn from it and get better from it. Or I'm just going to realize that's that's what happens when you're in the game, right? If you don't want to roll an ankle, don't play basketball. If you don't want people to disagree with you, don't ever say anything out in public. You start a podcast now with your, your business. How has it boosted your business? Was it a, a night and day difference? You said it kind of started slow, as they all do. But what was the was there a difference as you started your podcast with your business? The biggest business or difference and the most important difference is that I enjoyed it more, right? Do what you enjoy doing. That is huge to me. Um, 
And it was very slow in part because I had just started my business. If you've got a a business out there and an audience out there, you're going to grow a lot faster than I did. But what's amazing now is people find my show every single day, right? So people are finding episode four, even though that was five plus years ago. And people are finding episode 800 something that was from last week and that will continue. So there's very few things that are going to give you that prolonged return. You create an archive and that is so powerful in business. You know, if I send out an email to my email list every single week, nobody's going to find it a week from now. If somebody could come to me looking for the very thing that I just emailed about or something I emailed about a year ago, but I mean, other than being in my email service provider thingy, it's, it's kind of gone, right? That's not out there anymore for somebody to just stumble upon. And I think that's just a real advantage of podcasting. I, one of the segments of the, of the show is, I call it because of my podcast stories, where has anything happened to you that wouldn't have happened except you had a podcast? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have a seven-figure business. Nice. For sure. That is my podcast is the engine of my business. That is where people get to know me. That is where people get to know what I do. Everything that I have in my business, including the success of my book, which has done really well, is only because of the relationships that I have have connected and have made through the podcast. And the other thing is because of my podcast, people feel like they know me which means people trust me and they would not have that with just a blog, right? There's a, there's a barrier in a blog. Sure. You can get a sense of somebody's life and style and family and their personality, but not the way you can when you can hear their voice and their inflections and hear them be sad and hear them be excited. So, yeah, I mean, all of it is because of the podcast. All your shows are solo except for a few interviews. Mm-hmm. Have you, ever had any of your clients on your show? Yeah. Yeah. So typically in the few weeks before we launch our 12 week groups, I'll have anywhere from one to four of my clients on the show, just sharing their story. Like what was going on before you started working with me? What has changed since? What are some of your favorite tools? What would you say to somebody who's on the fence? Uh, I love those episodes. Well, you are kind of the the queen of, of tackling hard things. I mean, you've lost 150 pounds. You dug yourself out of a, I still just the number saying out loud. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a whole lot of cash, $130,000 in debt. And so you have what I would just call tenacity, I guess, or determination. How do you think that applies to somebody starting a podcast? You've got to decide that I'm in this where I see a lot of people going wrong now, and I mentioned this earlier, like I need to have all this fancy schmancy equipment and I need to have somebody professionally writing my show notes. I didn't do any of that. I did not do any of that. I still don't work with a, you know, a a production company or anything like that. But I really think that the determination to just stay in the game That puts you ahead of 85% of other people, if not more, because most people are going to say, oh, nobody's listening or, oh, I got too busy this week and they're not going to be consistent and they're going to quit. You can get yourself to the top 10 or 15% just by being consistent and staying in the game. You've got to be reliable. I mean, that, that in and of itself is, it's not 
simple or it's not easy, but it is simple and it is going to be a game changer in the success of your show. Well, and you said by hearing your voice and, and you do a great job of making points with stories from your life. So you're still, I'm still learning, but I'm also getting to, I feel like I know you as a, mm-hmm. as a listener. I know you then you give great information that when I put it into action actually works. So now I trust you. And when you are consistent, now you're somebody that I can count on. And I mean, what else do you need in a business? I know you, I like you, I trust you. When you go, Hey, I've got a new course on nutrition or, Hey, I've got this 12 week program and things like that. Do you have a piece of feedback that you've received from a, a listener that sticks out more than another? Is there one you're like, Holy cow, like kind of set you back in your chair. When I hear from people that what they learned in the podcast changed their marriage or saved their marriage, I've had a number of people reach out. Um, one in particular found my podcast while she was recovering from major surgery and her marriage was in big trouble. And she had a desire to lose weight and that's what brought her to the podcast. But what it actually ended up doing in addition to the weight that she did lose, uh, it saved her marriage, it transformed her marriage and therefore changed her family. And that's what happens when we do this mindset work. It saves relationships. It improves relationships. It opens doors and it allows for true transformation. And it's just beautiful. And uh, those kinds of stories where it's about what it, what it has done for something that will be truly generational. Cause look, it's great if you lose 20 pounds, congratulations. But when you change the way you think and that changes your children or it saves your marriage, that's, that's generational. Absolutely. Your show is not all about weight loss. It's about kind of mindset and, and, you know, just being balanced. You did an episode on expectations that I'm pretty sure if I listened to that when I was married would have saved my marriage. Can you kind of riff a little bit on that? Yeah. You know, a lot of times our, our expectations are based on assumptions and they're not communicated. And I don't even remember when the episode was or even what I talked about in it. But, but I would say the show is, is probably 90% mindset, 10% endocrinology, nutrition, that kind of stuff. When people have expectations of other people, they're sort of saying the way I want it or the way I see it is the right way and every other way is the wrong way. And there's something really powerful about saying, you know, I want it this way and you want it that way. And it's not that I'm right and you're wrong. What's wrong with you? How come you can't see it? What the heck? I have this big frustration in my marriage because he doesn't see it the way I do. I want to allow for other people to be as right as I am. It's not, this is the way I want it to be and your way is wrong. It's just that it's different. So what can we do to be really, really clear about what our expectations are, how and where can we meet in the middle instead of this notion that like I'm right and you're wrong, even with things that are as small as the dishes, right? I love for the dishes to be done before we even sit down for dinner, you know, certainly as soon as we're done with dinner, but that doesn't make my husband wrong for being like, I'll get to him before I go to bed. And so many people are are operating with the expectation that my way is the right way and therefore your way is the wrong way. And it's just not that way at all. It's it's just one of those things where I look back and so many times when my wife and I were having a disagreement, it wasn't about, it was about who is right. It, like we weren't talking to have a better understanding. We were talking yeah. to prove I was right. And I was exactly. like, oh man, yeah, that's uh, guilty as charged. So yeah, there's a huge difference between wanting to be right and wanting to get it right. Mm. And I say that 
on my team at work, but I certainly say that in my own house all the time. Okay, we understand what it looks like to try to be right. That's exactly what you described. Like, this is why I think this, and this is why I think this. And then you're just arguing to to prove your own point. I will literally say, okay, we've already established that. What does it look like for us as a team to get it right, as opposed to for us individually to be right? It shifts the energy. Absolutely. I just wanted to bring that up because a lot of the audience that is listening right now is is married and you know, finding time to podcast when you got to take junior to soccer and things like that. Marriage, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Marriage is not easy. And I wanted to uh, kind of revisit that topic. So if somebody ran into you and they said, hey, I heard your podcast. I'm I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Did you have any other, you know, final advice for the new podcaster? One of the big mistakes that I see people make is that they try to be too formal and too polished. And look, there's a space for that. If you know that you want to be a very highly produced show, great. Just know it's going to take a lot more time and a lot more money. What I see as kind of a superpower of my own show is that I want people to feel like we're just sitting down talking together. Now, that doesn't mean that I have crappy audio. It doesn't mean that I'm saying um and uh and I'm not prepared. But talk to people like you would talk to a friend, not like you're trying to put on a show. That has been a massive key to my success. And then the the other thing just goes back to something I said earlier, which is make sure that you love the format, right? Ask yourself, how do I best communicate? It might be that you're incredible on video. And so a YouTube channel makes a ton of sense or a video podcast. If you hate video, don't do that. That doesn't make sense. You want to do what you love. If you feel like you stumble all over your words when you're talking, but writing is so much better for you, great. Have articles, have blogs, have an email newsletter, focus on written posts and social media, but make sure you know what type of communication you're most comfortable with and do that. Don't just do podcasting because podcasting is hot. It's only hot if you're really good at it. And that comes from if verbal communication is a skill for you or not. For me, I think this is an example of you attract people that are similar, like people that don't like you. I know it sounds weird, are not going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. So I think the reason I like your, your book and I like your podcast is you, I think we have a similar style. You sound like you're sitting at a table and I'm on the other side of the table and you're like, hold on, let me explain carbs to you or let me explain this and that. And it's very, it's like you said, it's not super formal, but it's organized. Like, here's what we're going to talk about today. And then you go there and I walk out of there going, oh, that makes sense. And then, of course, you always have, you know, primalpotential.com and you do a great job of not being super like, I don't really hear you pimp things too hard. You'll talk about a course coming up or, or your retreat when you had it and things like that. But you, you do a great job of just mixing in. Oh, I have a, you know, I have a course on nutrition or I have a a course on breaking barriers and things like that. You just kind of throw it into the conversation without being super salesy. And uh, apparently it's working. If you've got a seven figure business, that's awesome. I just want to take a second and say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights into podcasting. Obviously, it's working for your show. And uh, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's such an important thing that you're doing here, talking about it and helping people find their way. So thanks for having me. I just think she's cool. That's all there is to it. 
Elizabeth Benton, primalpotential.com. I highly recommend her book, Chasing Cupcakes. I'll have links out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 741 if you want to pick up the book and hear me interview her about weight loss. She is amazing. So many nuggets there. I want to be challenged because in that challenge, that's how I learn. If you don't want to, if you don't want people to disagree with you, then don't say anything in public. The advantage over podcasting versus email, you can go back and listen to episode four. You can't go back and read, in most cases, the email that you did four months ago. I thought that was really cool. And I really love the fact that she's doing it. She's having fun. And if you're having fun, then stay in the game. Stay consistent. And uh, I love this one. Don't do podcasting because it's hot. It's only hot if you're really good at that. And then the last one I had to have her, and for the record, I cringe when I hear me go, hey, can you just riff a little bit on relationships? I was just like, really? Can you riff on that? Ugh, not, no, if I could do that one again. But she said, many of us, when we're having a, a discussion, we're trying to be right instead of get it right. And uh, for those of you that are, let's say, I don't know, 20 years older and younger, when she says you can have a dialogue, this is this thing that people used to do where somebody could state an opinion and then somebody else would state another opinion, often different than theirs, and then you would both examine the other person's opinion to see if there was something that you might not understand and come up with a different understanding. It's called dialogue, D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E. You might want to actually search for that on Google because we used to be able to do that in the world. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I appeared on The Brave Files with Heather Vickery, and this is not your typical podcast about podcasting thing. This is stories from people living courageously, and I was talking about some of my greatest fears and how I overcame them. So I just pretended that I was outgoing for a little bit and just, you know, kind of put my toe in the water and was like, oh, okay. And uh, then I actually found in some ways I could actually make people giggle or laugh. And I went, oh, that's kind of fun. And about that time, they threw me into a speech class. And that, again, is where I found out that you didn't have to do like just your typical, here's how today we're going to learn how to whatever, fold a paper bag. Uh, it was like I could actually make funny stuff. And yeah. so for me... Uh, speech class was like, oh, wow, we get to do monologues. This is like, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day, Johnny Carson's going to come out and talk for three minutes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I could do this. So it, it slowly got me out of my, you know, comfort zone. But if, if you had told 16 year old Dave Jackson that he would make a living, you know, for, for decades standing up in front of a group of people talking, he would have been like, mm, I don't think so. There's a difference between podcasting and radio. We actually joked about that. You have this fantastic voice, but it's not what you envision a radio voice being. It's I just this is I guess I'm lucky this is just the way I sound. Because to is. me, I always pictured the obnoxious, you know, hey everybody, traffic and weather on the tens. It's time for the <laughs> two for Tuesday kind of guy. Which clearly you could do that as well. And you can find again links to that interview at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 741. And I was also on the business of podcasting. In fact, you'll hear in this clip how if you tuned in to episode 740, where I interviewed Charlie Valor, 
you'll hear me say, I need to have you come on my show because we were talking about the business of podcasting. How do you then discern if your show is a loser? So what if you've picked the wrong show and you're a year in and you're trying to work out, am I, is this, is this a dud idea and I shouldn't be going this part? Maybe I haven't cracked it or is this persistence? Like, how do you think about that? Because it's something, I'll be real, I wasted at least 50 grand and a hundred episodes on my first podcast trying to make it work. And it was a terrible idea. And I've I got to have you on my show that. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it took me a year but, and 50 grand to work that out. And I'm like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> here's the thing. And this is like a, again, kind of a pet peeve of mine. But I really think this is one of the root causes. And that is, it's art. It is to a certain extent. Podcasting is art. I was kind of joking. Like, it's my art, man. Come on. And you don't want to spend four hours making an hour-long podcast to give it to somebody and go, what do you think about this? And have them go, eh, it was all right. And so I don't think most podcasters are really open to honest feedback. And not that I'm the king of all feedback. I'm, I'm probably not your target market in some cases. But when I hear people say, I'm like, and I will ask them, somebody will say, well, my show's not growing. And I always say, did you get feedback from somebody you're not related to? Or somebody that you didn't like, did you find your target audience and say, hey, can you listen to this episode and talk about it like I'm not in the room? And I don't know that most podcasters either have the courage or I, it just seems that's missing. But yet if you start a business and it's a restaurant, the first thing you're going to do is get some taste tests and like, did you want this sauce or that? Which one do you like better? Or And you're going to do that. There's a... Uh, a show here in the States, I don't know if you get it over there, called uh, The Profit. And it's this millionaire guy that goes around and helps other businesses. And one of the first things they do is they do a, a focus group. And I don't know that podcasters do that enough. And I, I hear people all the time, oh, I, you know, my friends and family said it was great. And I'm like, mom is always going to say it's great. Come on now. Ooh. So. We're going we're gonna to go there. We have to go there, Dave. I, I actually have an, I have an opinion here or a theory. I'll call it an opinion. Right. It's not valu- validated, but I actually think that um, this is how I perceive it's kind of rolling out. Oh, that is what I call a tease. Right to the edge and then, nope, you got to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 741. I'll have links to both those episodes with Vicky and Charlie. Great podcast and thanks for having me on. And um, if you have ever thought of interviewing me, I would love to be interviewed. Of course, here's a tip. When When is the best time to have somebody, if you've ever thought about, hmm, how can I have that person on my show? You wait till they're ready to promote something, and that would be now. Uh, I have a book coming out September 28th. It's called Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Your Listeners into a Livelihood. It's available for pre-order right now at Amazon, or you can just go to ProfitFromYourPodcast.com, but I would be happy to come on your show. And if you don't want to talk about the book, that's fine. I'm always open to being interviewed on podcasts. For the record, you know how I always say you should do a couple kind of practice interviews because you have all these voices in your head. When you're interviewing somebody, I do the same thing when I'm being interviewed. When I get done with an answer, I'm like, oh, did I even answer that question? Why did you take so long to get to the point? I'm constantly arguing with myself. Meanwhile, while I'm arguing and yelling at myself in my head, the person is asking the next question. So it's just one of those things you have to practice to get the hang of. But uh, yeah, ProfitFromYourPodcast.com coming out September 28th. I would love to come on your show and promote it. 
I am uh, very excited for next week's episode. I was very excited. The minute I got done editing the interview with Elizabeth today, I was like, oh, there's some nuggets in here. I can't wait till next week's episode. I've been talking about this, how I've been obsessed with the word interesting. And the question of the month is next week's episode, plus a bunch of things that I found that you're going to go, hmm, interesting. No pun intended. But here's the deal. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, when you hear the word interesting, what comes to your mind? If someone who spoke maybe a different language than you asked you to explain what does interesting mean, how would you describe it? And just feel free, here we go again, feel free to riff on that. I don't know where that phrase was well, coming from being a musician, uh, but just kind of share your thoughts on interesting and explain any examples of content that you feel is interesting. And I need your answer by September 25th, 2020. And if you look at the calendar, that is next Friday. So do not dilly dally. wonder where that phrase came from. Was there like a dilly, was there a guy named dilly dally? He was just constantly waiting to the very last minute or something like that. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Who would name their kid Dilly? That would be kind of weird. And uh, I would love to get your comments and that will be coming out next week and, and wait till you hear the things that I was like, I knew it. I knew it. And if you've heard that thing about goldfish having a short attention span, I'm going to school you on that. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Again, I need it by September 25th, 2020 with your thoughts on interesting. I just wanted to say hi. I listened to an episode of your podcast and I loved it. I think you have a big future ahead of you. If you're interested, we should sit down and talk sometime. Uh, yes, I, I would love to. Thanks. That is so TV. I'm sorry to say there are no podcasting groupies. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, speaking of podcasting, if you want to start a podcast, I would love to help you. My mission is to rid the world of really bad podcasts. We have enough of those. Let's, you and me, let's get together and start a podcast that not only is going to change the world of your listeners, but it's going to change your world. You will be amazed at the things that happen by just talking into a microphone and putting it out to the world. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. And if you're worried about sounding stupid, you don't have to. If you're worried about spending too much money on equipment, you don't have to worry about that. If you're worried about people saying things about your podcast, the people that don't like your podcast won't listen. That's the beauty of it. Let me help you. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. Next week, we're going to talk about what does interesting mean? And we're going to talk about the attention span because that's what interesting does. It holds your interest. So we're going to talk about the attention span of a human being and how we can trigger it. If you never want to miss an episode, it's super easy. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. And the minute that episode is available, it comes right to your device. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.